welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. The, um, I'm going to minister today because it's Father's Day. Excellent. Um, does anybody here, I was trying to get a right word, I was listening to, uh, if anybody doesn't know who Reinhard Bonnke was, look him up on the internet. Awesome man of God, he's away home to be with the Lord now. But he shared something, um, he shared something the other day and it was just so profound, but I tried to change the wording in it because I just didn't like the wording, thank you, Ali. He talked about the one difference between our religion and other religions, and I didn't like the word religion. Religion is mankind, trying to find God, putting God in a box. And the word that came to me was, was our faith. All other religions are seeking after their God. Our faith and our relationship, God sought, uh, sought after us. God came looking for us. Where they are trying to, through works, attain whatever, our God and our Father, before the foundations of the world, put in place his lamb, and he came looking for us, sorted everything out, but loves us so much unconditionally that he still gives us a choice as an individual. And um, I wanted just to show not going to take long, like I say, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. And I just wanted to briefly share, and they're not here today, um, Lindsay and Carla, I wanted to share the day, the heart of the Father. Many, many years ago, uh, when Pastor John and Pastor Hillary were ministering here, a pastor came from Scotland, Jimmy Dyes, you remember Jimmy Dyes, Helen? They opened up their um, ministry in a, a lemonade factory, an old lemonade factory, and they called their um, lemonade productions. But anyway, Jimmy died. The church was all different there. Jimmy was brilliant. Jimmy ministered with a two-liter bottle of Diet Coke and just ministered away. But I was usually doing my things around, and Jonathan was leading worship. Pastor Hillary was cutting the eyes out of us because the glory of God was shining upon her face and they didn't have the courage to say to Pastor John, could we put a blanket over her? But, and she's still shining, she's shining brightly even more now. But I was walking around here and the stage was there and Jimmy Dowd did not know anything about me as an individual. Now this is a wee bit of ignorance gone to seed. So Jimmy, as he was ministering, just out of the blue, just turned around and pointed and I went, yeah, and I'm used to people point, and he pointed to me. And he knew absolutely nothing about my history or my life or anything. But he said, God knows that you need a father. And when you go home tonight, God's going to reveal himself to you as your father. And then Pastor John, as he used to, the pastor and the godly father that he was, would automatically just slip up beside you and just give a wee bit of clarification so that you just didn't go off into a tangent, which at the end of the day I did, because I went home and I sat in the house waiting. I went home and I sat in the house waiting. 
But now, do you know what he did? He gave me the word. So what I did was, I just meditated on his word. And as I meditated on his word, just going through the day and day, he literally has revealed it to me more and more each day how he is my father. Now I know and the word will say, but you've got to change this around. You've got to understand that he is your Lord and he is your saver, savior. But he is your father. The prophets of old, Derek Prince said this, awesome, awesome, awesome. The prophets of old could only tell you about God. It took a son to come, his son to come, to show you the father. Because only a son can show you the father. So today, there's been many fathers that we could go through the world in. Some of the kids will understand it. Big Ryan will know this one. Maybe some of the ladies won't. I am your father. We shall crush this rebel alliance. Who knows that one? Oh, there was another famous movie that maybe, it's Father's Day, guys, you shall know it. You talking to me? You talking to me? You got a problem? You got a problem? You be swimming with the fishes. The Godfather. We have many fathers, but what truly is a father? I am not saying this for any other reason, and God bless him, he was, he was there. I grew up, I hadn't seen my dad in years and years and years, but that's another story. And this house is so potent, and if we have time, we'll, I was talking to John the other day to remind me when it was, we'll show you how faithful God is and how he knows everything about your life. But you need to get the word, and you need to grab the word, and you need to get a revelation of him as your father. One of the key benefits in your life is that perfect love casts out fear. What does perfect love cast out? So what is the remedy for fear? So if you take the scriptures on love, it'll cast out fear. And see whenever you have no fear, nothing can stop you. People can abuse you, people can do this, people can do that, but at the end of the day, you're literally like Teflon. I'm not saying things might hurt you, but whenever you have a revelation that God is your father, whenever you turn away, you'll be able to go, the world hates me, but I know my father loves me. My father loves me, and nothing can separate me from the love of the father. Recorrecting myself there, we can. Because if our image of us isn't correct, like the image in communion, not taking that correctly, not discerning the Lord's body. People, I used to see people, like I said all the time, just giving me the wee nod because you're not trying to embarrass someone. They didn't want communion because they took that scripture, read it the wrong way around, measured themselves, I'm not this. And even if they weren't walking apparently right with God, you can always turn around, you can always repent to turn around and say, Father, here I am, and walk after him. Genesis 3, remember when Jesus died, and there's a lot of things at the minute, not changing the flow of it here. When Jesus died and restored us to righteousness with the Father and then released the gift of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of things going on a minute about death. And I know it's going to hurt some people here, maybe some of you ladies. Elvis is dead. 
and he doesn't work in the chip shop down the road. He is dead. But there was no benefit, was there? There was no benefit at all. But when you understand the benefit of Christ's death, he died for us. His blood was shed, not spilt. When you shed something, you're it's deliberate action. When you spill something, it's maybe an accident. So that we, the relationship between Father God and his kids could be restored, that we can cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ lives within us and abides within us. When you understand this, folks, and understand that he's with us all the time, we've got to be able, do you know, do you know how you meditate the word? It says, meditate in this world day and night. Do what it says to do and you will have great success. I put on, oh, this is really transparent. This is God and Robin, the, what I know. I put on today eternity for men because I will be with them for all eternity. I don't care. Don't wake me up. If you think that's dead on, great. I don't care. God always looks at the motive of the heart. So if you want to check yourself, check the motive of your heart. If the motive of your heart measures up against God's word, then go for it. Don't care what anybody else says. I carry a purple. Where's our joy? Who's not here today? I carry a purple hanky. Does anybody know what I, why I would carry a purple hanky? I know Carl does. Maybe Molly does too. It's royalty in the Bible. It reminds me I'm a child of the king. So there's the word meditating in the word every single day. And it was Father that revealed that to me. He revealed that to me. Um, let's just get into this. I'm going to just run with you as a few scriptures here today, and then there's a wee two-minute clip that just blessed me so much. Bless me so much. Just get into the word. Find out all the scripture, scriptures about Father. And he will never, ever, ever let you down. Ever let you down. Because his greatest, greatest, greatest after Christ's death and resurrection, his heart is you as an individual. That is the heart of the Father. Us. Us corporately coming together but you as an individual. Now, the one Barry said to me today, and people start to read me, what prop have you got today? And I tried to remove the mirrors from upstairs, but somebody in their wisdom, Chris, screwed them to the walls. Then my brain's sitting going, how's everybody going to feel, especially the ladies, if I have all these mirrors up here, and they're all constantly, while I'm ministering, looking at it. But the reason I was trying to bring the mirrors down was to let you know as an individual, God is your father and you are his greatest creation you as an individual are his greatest 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 creation we read in genesis about him creating the heavens and the earth and creating the world and after he'd done everything he created man and then he took man out of woman but where do you hear this genesis 3 8 then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the evening. The man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. 
Now, I was just reading this again this morning just to refresh myself. God had created the whole world, put everything in it. Was there any devils to be cast out in the garden? Work with me, church, or will we bring out the defibrillator? Come on, stir it up. You've got to stir yourselves up in this place. You've got to come in here and forget what's going on out there and understand that you're a high priest of the Most High God. Everything is faith. Everything is faith. Last week, whenever I was prophesying last week, Pastor Karen came up and the mic was there. I'm shaking and it was running. We Molly, God love her. There's a generation in this church doesn't even know what prophecy is. And she said, why were you, why were you doing that there? And then that was my fault. I had to sit down and explain to Molly. Then I realized, wait a minute here. What was that all about? God had moved upon me. And at the end of the day, the eldership in this church are tuned into Father's heart so much that if anything was flesh, they will come and draw me to ones you will get. Let's meet for a coffee, as Pastor said. It was like the guillotine in Paris. Let's meet for a coffee. But Pastor could scold, Pastor John could scold you and you, it wouldn't drop it for three days later. But what I'm saying, people love you enough, faithful of the wounds of a friend, may I be your friend? We can't keep coming on and being molded into the same thing. And thank God you are you are the elect of God. You've chosen on a Sunday day, Father's Day, to be here. And God blesses you for it. And we have the privilege in our country to be able to come and worship our God. But there comes a time when we have to literally use childlike faith and start acting on the word. And then God will manifest through us. He wants to manifest through us individually. And then Sharon had come up to me in the kitchen and just said, Robin, that word last week was spot on. That really, and that's what prophecy is all about. Prophecy is God is for edification, encouragement. You know, it's for building you up. But if you stand there and you don't know anything and you don't have a foundation of the word, or you don't know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and you are God's voice, who was it that said it? Was it Reinhard Bunke said it? God, God the Father said to Reinhard, I think it was Reinhard Bunke one time, he said, my word on your lips is the same as my word on my lips. Let that sink down for a while. Your arms are the arms of love. Your money, the money that God gives us, goes to the other charities, pays for things in this house. We are God. God doesn't work independently of us. He works through us. It's our availability. So what I'm saying is, pastor used to say it all the time, you know, forget about what's going on. I know there's things coming down on you. And it's easy to say this, but I love you. It's focus. And if there's anywhere that is the eye of the storm, it's in here. Because everything else is going outside. And there we had our special given last week. And I drive past, past the garage all the time, and it's now £1.82. And everybody's going daft. But God is our supply. Father God, yes. at any time, my Molly, well, all the other kids are grown up, can walk up to me and she's access to anything that we have because I'm her dad. And I would do absolutely anything, so with Carl, but anything in my power that I can. Um, and who, what father wouldn't? 
And at the end of the day, what father here would not lay down their life for their kids? Your father already has. Father God. But let's get back to this word here. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the evening. God had created everything. He placed everything in the garden, put the moon and the sun in the skies, called all the animals for Adam to actually name, right? And then his crowning achievement of it all was mankind. And then when he made man, it wasn't good for him to be alone. God did not make mankind, sorry guys, and give him a man shed. He gave him a wife from his rib. No, don't knock it, I don't care. God can't lie. He gave him a helpmeet, a wife from his rib. Man was made out of the dust of the earth. The woman came from man as a helpmeet. So God's whole focus after all of creation was to come and walk and talk with his creation in the cool of the evening. He wanted to hang out. Father wanted some time with his kids. They didn't need any food. He had provided it. They didn't have any, like I say, demons to cast out. They didn't care about few, that no worries whatsoever. They were in creation. It was perfect. They were perfect before God. This was just after the fall. The reason they hid was obviously because they knew they had sinned before God. But can you grasp what I'm trying to say? God's whole purpose in this life is he wants to spend quality time with his children. We can all look, there's Ryan and the guys are constantly, I don't know why, bless them Lord, they're constantly up and down mountains. But then when I was reading something just before Sarah started, I understood why. And whether, I know you guys will know this anyway, Stephen and Chris and Ryan and all, and there's a scripture there in Isaiah. That's the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is revealing to them that he created all this for their pleasure. And I don't care who you are, by the time you walk up a mountain, why you want to, I don't know, you're standing there and you're not sitting going, standing at, what's the highest mountain around, Ryan? You're not standing up there looking at all of this and going, oh no, I forgot to put the cat out and I've left my phone in the car. You're standing in the awesomeness of God and no matter how much creation is and everything in creation and the reflection of God's love for us, the one thing that God yearns for most is fellowship with his kids. He wants you to just spend time with him. And whenever you set that time aside, he rubs off onto you. He rubs out the old you and brings you into a new creation with him. And a lot of the time it's without you even realizing because it says in the word that this word is spirit and it is life. And whenever you start planting these words, come on guys, for goodness and ladies, there's a purple hanky in my pocket. 
when one of the ministers were over from um, the Global Church Network, the Holy Spirit just really impressed on me to give one of the pastors my purple hanky. You know? Don't worry, it was clean. And I just sort of thought, what's this? And I went up, and then I noticed that he didn't have it, it didn't matter. I just went up, and at the end I just thought, uh, this sounds like a bit of a silly thing to do. But I just went up, and, and his heart was just so open, and I just said, Father just wants me to give you this. Um, just so that every time you take it out, it just rem you remember that you're a child of the king. And then when I was at home the other day, I completely forgot, and God bless his soul, Carl's dad, Johnny, passed away last December. I opened up my drawer, and that was his, the purple hanky. So God had replaced my purple hanky. But what I'm saying is, is it's the word God just wants. Father just wants to spend time with you. He just wants to, in this world, can be busy and busy. I was saying to Donna later, how's, or earlier, how's everything going in, in your day and in life? And she's going, yeah, we're just busy. And we are. But let's just reverse engineer that word. From now on, change your vocabulary. And try to lean into that, Val, because I just don't even know if I got it right. Change that word where I'm not busy and productive. It just changes the whole mindset of it. Whenever you say, I'm busy, if you even think of that word busy, you're just out of control, you're this or that. And then what you find out is because of the words or seeds that your life seems to get busier and busier and busier and busier. But whenever you just change that one word and lean right into it, how are you? I'm productive. All of a sudden, there's a wee glow keeps going on here. And you go to yourself, wow, the things I do are productive. And then what you slowly find out is as you keep saying that, and, you re and the Holy Spirit's rewiring the way that you speak, because our words are seeds in our individual lives, right? You'll find out that the things that were making you busy fall away, and the things that really matter, that bear fruit, will come to pass in your life. So God came down after creating everything, and God's heart was to have fellowship with his kids, to enjoy fellowship company with them and they just walked and they talked in the cool of the evening my goodness all the stuff that's going on and this is what father wants he wants you just open that word which is a mirror of the spirit and reveal to you what he has done and who you are in him and what he restored completely to you Whenever you spend that time, I don't know if you're at Genesis 5, 24. Look at this. This is awesome. The, the word says, um, 1 John, let me go to this in first. 1 John 4, 16, New King James Version. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. God is love. He can't be anything else. All, you can't put God on a clock. But every breath that we take, God is always the same. He is love. And his love is always towards us, his children, his creation. He saved us. He redeemed us. He set our feet upon a rock. He brought you from the basement to the penthouse. And he blessed you 
with everything that you could ever need. And his crown and glory was he sent his son who had to die to restore all this to us. And the only thing that he asks us is to receive and believe. And he still gives us a choice. That's unconditional love. So if we understand that God's, God's, it's, it's only us that fluctuate. It's never God. This world will change day by day by day by day. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, day, forevermore. This book will never change. God never changes. His word's the same. His heart towards us is always the same. It's us that get condemned. It's us that measure ourselves. It's us that go into works. Instead, he's going, come as you are. I just want you. I want you. And when I have you, then we can spend that time together and I will rub out everything. I've already rubbed out everything. I will heal you from the top of the head to the sole of your feet. I will put a ring back in your finger and restore you as a child and son of, my, of God. And I will restore my dominion totally to you. Look at Enoch. Genesis 5.24. This is the amplified version of the Bible. And Enoch walked brackets in habitual fellowship with God and he was not for God took him home with him there's a key habitual fellowship he just started doing it and started doing it and started doing it and then it just became part of his life Enoch walked totally in the spirit in the will he just walked with God Every single second of every day, he was God conscious and he wasn't even saved and redeemed. This is the Old Testament before the blood covenant. And look what God did. God basically couldn't contain himself. Enoch didn't see death. God literally loved that man so much because of his choice of habitual fellowship with the Father that God just couldn't help himself. God just took him up. Enoch was maybe walking down Main Street one day. Just going to say this. It's probably going to happen. My boast is in him. And I'm posting a letter. And next minute, the streets in front of me are pure gold. Because Father's love is just all-consuming. And he just, how could you explain, how could you explain, Father, how much? Do you know how much? He not only ripped the back of his son who became sin, who knew no sin, so that we could have health and everything else, but he redeemed us so that we, he paid the price, can walk into his presence. And nothing, nothing, no angel, no demon, nothing can stop us walking directly by faith into the presence of God. Not a thing except you, an unrenewed mind, thinking that you're unworthy. And that is an insult to the father who crucified his child, who was perfect in everything, spirit, soul, and body. He actually became sin. God Almighty became sin. Sin, the greatest enemy, the only problem we ever had. Not the price of petrol or the price of diesel. Not that my teenagers or my children or this or do that. Not disease, not sickness, not anything. Sin separated us from our Father. 
but he had the remedy before creation. And he sent his son, sinless, perfect, to die for you, make it an individual. He died for Robin. He died for me so that I can be completely restored to my father's bosom and have all the benefits of that relationship with him. If you go back into the Old Testament, um, if you want to read the Old Testament, you can actually start, or if you want to just spend some time with Stephen, he is the Old Testament. And um, the veil tore. The veil of the Holy of Holies, where God's presence was over the Ark of the Covenant. They could only go in, I know I said it before, they could only go into the temple once a year. And the high priest that went in had to not even have a mole or a blemish on their body if they went in. And the cloak that they wore had bells on it and they had a rope tied around their ankle. So they went in once. Me and you can go into Father's presence anytime. I can't get a personal invitation. Be careful what you say. With the President of the United States, why would I want to? But I can walk into the presence of my Father, who is the King of King and Lord of Lords, the creator of heaven and earth. And he set all aside, as wonderful as it is, and created a Jonathan, a Kyle, a Nicola, a Carl, a Cara, Pastor Karen, a Granger. He created us in his image and his likeness, and it burns within his heart to spend time with his kids. And if the high priest walked in that one time a year with a sin offering of a pigeon or a bull or a goat or whatever it was, if his presence, a mole on his body, if he wasn't perfect, the bells were there that he would be struck down dead by the presence of God because he wasn't perfect bringing the sacrifice. And if they heard the bells stopping ringing, the rope was to bring it out. When Christ died, it is finished. That veil tore and gave us full access to the Father. Start to call him Father. Start to call him Dad. It changes everything. You're not a servant, you're a son. But a son serves the Father. Enoch just had a habitual fellowship with Father. And God just took him. That'll happen to hell, right? Hell, he'll just disappear someday. She'll just walk straight into heaven. And most of the family will be there to meet her. Oh, Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus. The same spirit the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives and abides within us. The same God that created the heavens and the earth lives and abides within us. The only thing we have the responsibility for is to renew our minds. God gave me a message a while ago. We're still cooking on that one called Return to Factory Settings. That would be an interesting one. If we can understand the love of God for us as an individual. One of the greatest fears, it was a hundred years ago, was the two greatest fears people had was their health, fear, death, and the other one was public speaking. 
and there's an awesome man about he's dead now he's dead well his book now he's in the public domain how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie but he would be he set up this whole thing about how people could learn to, to speak publicly and I know some of you love me are saying well you could do getting your t being shot in the tongue twice because maybe I talk too much but um, the greatest fear I think then was their health and public speaking. surprised me, public speaking. But understand the love of God. There is the cure. It's as simple, the simplicity of his word. If we just sit down and give that time and just let it meditate and in us, I don't want to say soak, um, permeate us. I'm having steak today, folks. Well, that's two steaks I've had and a bacon roll. Thank the Lord for the pig that sacrificed itself. Um, I'm having steak today for dinner. We all are. But if Carl takes that piece of meat and has a specific sauce, and the night before, she marinates that with that, it's two individual entities. But once they're marinated overnight, they become one. They can't, you can separate, even if you tried to separate them. And one, they change each other. That's what the love of God in your heart will do for you. Marinate yourself in his word. And he will change you from the inside out. Isaiah 40, verse 12. This is the God we have. And I'm going to finish here. I'm going to play a wee clip. The wee clip is by Derek Prince. It's about, if you don't know Derek Prince, look him up, awesome man of God. It's two minutes long, but change the word to Lord. I just, it just came up last night, and he said, it's, it's about King David. Isaiah 40, verse 12. I actually got this off um, the Kenneth Copeland magazine in the office, but it just spoke to me so much. Who has measured the waters in the hollows of his hand? Measured the heaven with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. We hear this, sorry guys. Weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Father God measured the span is from your thumb, thumb to your index finger. You go. That's our Father. The Father that sent his son to die for me as an individual measured the span like that. And the sad thing about it is when Jesus returns and his foot hits the Mount of Olives, all the mountains melt and everything is level because nothing will have dominion over Christ. Not that we'll actually want to when we, meet, when we meet our Savior and our Lord. Think about walking up a mountain. But God just, folks, look at David. Whenever the prophet Samuel came to anoint the next king of Israel, and I've said it before, his father Jesse had the whole family there. His brothers, and his brother was a military man. And even Samuel the prophet knew, he thought, this is bound to be the king looking at the outside. 
this guy probably, I don't know, he maybe sort of like bench press goats or sheep or something, I don't know. He was physically strong, a statute was like this. Even the prophet of God went into the flesh and went, surely this is God's anointed king. And he went the whole way right down, and even Jesse never even thought of David. And then he went, is there any more? He went, yeah, well, I've got David, but he's looking after the sheep on top of the hill. So they called for David, and they said that he didn't even look like anything. He just looked like an ordinary young man. There was nothing special about him. And the prophet Samuel anointed him as king, the next king of Israel. But if you go back into it, do you know what, do you know what David's secret was? Whenever he was up, obeying his father, faithfulness, and looking after his father's sheep, he spent time with father. Him and Father God fellowshiped habitually. And Father revealed himself to David. And it changed David in such a way that whenever the lion came, he took it out. And when the bear came, he took it out. And like I said before, when he was delivering lunch to his brothers who were standing before Goliath and nobody could do a thing, David habitually knew the love of the Father so much that as he, he wasn't even, they were all standing in fear looking at this giant who was mocking Israel. David didn't even look at that. David was went, there's your sandwich, there's your sandwich, there's your sandwich. Yeah, there's no pickle in that one. And then the next minute, just out of the blue, he just, blue, he just heard Goliath. And then he went, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to stand against the armies of the Most High God? I'll, I'll fight him. He didn't even blink because while he was up in those hills, while he was up looking after his father's sheep, faithfulness and availability, right? He habitually fellowship with his father and his father turned him inside out. And he took care, line upon line, precept upon precept, took care of the giant. All right, he went through a lot of things. And then he, he missed his whale. He missed big time as well. He went into the flesh. Never have a lie in. Look at David did. He should have been out. <laughs> it was the season of, 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 of battles. Um, but I'm going to play you this clip. And... Um, two minutes long, and then the kids are coming down to um, give the dads a gift. Just, just to briefly say this, this is the faithfulness of God, and Jonathan remind me of this. I hadn't seen my dad in years and years and years. This is how God knows. I can't keep saying this scripture that he counts the hairs in your head, because I have a solar panel. But um, it's true, I actually work faster in the sun. The... Um, Hey, that's actually, I work faster in the sun. Did you pick that up? Did you pick that up, Chris? Well done, you are habitually walking in fellowship with the Father. A cut a long story short, and we'll play this clip. I hadn't seen my dad in years and years and years. And um, one of the guys that used to do PA in the church, out of the blue, he'd been, he'd been here for, he seemed to be here forever, and then out of the blue one day he says, ended up he worked with my dad, and then Jonathan and the Men's Network had a Men's Day, 
a men's night at Crawfordsburn. And you know, as you get into the field that we would usually use in Crawfordsburn, there's a car park and then there's the lane that goes up to the field. So you'd park the toilets, the car park, and then there's the lane. I was basically carting stuff up to the lane because we're going to play volleyball. And um, I was carting stuff up, went up and down twice. And as I got to the top of the lane, I never cry, but uh, I'm just crying a lot lately. This is a good thing. Sorry, it's emotion. Um, as I got to the top of the lane to go back down, my dad was standing at the bottom. Now, kids are too young here. This is a God analogy here. If any of your family you think are too far away, just watch this space. Did anybody, does anybody here that's over maybe 40 remember Mr. Bain? Do you remember Mr. Bain? Now, I'm not Mr. Bain himself. If you don't know, kids will explain it later. But do you ever remember the shopkeeper that Mr. Bain went on an adventure? And then when he was through his adventure, all of a sudden, the shopkeeper would appear and tell him it's time to go, right? This was Pastor John and Pastor Hillary. Because to this day, they know how it happened, and I don't know how it happened. But I'm standing after nine or ten years in Crawfordsburn Field, playing volleyball with my dad, who I hadn't seen in nine or ten years. Totally surreal. And then I was so flippant, I'm thinking, he's a bit of a slobber. And I'm going, wait a minute, I'm a son. Maybe I should rein in a bit too. And then, out of the, not out of the blue, Pastor Hillary and Pastor John appeared. And the guy who worked with us, it was Mike McNally, just took my dad over. They talked to him for minutes. Pastor John called me over and says, your dad just give his heart to the Lord. And he got saved. Now, in between all that, he was supposed to come to church and all that never happened. There's a picture somewhere. There's a picture that day because we got, we got a picture together, me and him, down in the car park, and he was supposed to come to the church and all this here, but it never happened. And he died years later. But what I'm saying is, is that um, God just reminded me of that one. Not that you forget it. Um, God is so faithful. So faithful. And I just sensed it in my heart today. If some of you are just sitting thinking, husbands, wives, family members, anything. Like, God is faithful to keep those that you give to him. They still have a choice. But just wash them with the water of the word. And just stay in that place of thankfulness. And just thank God for them. Because nine years, folks, nine years I hadn't seen him. And um, I never seen him again to the day of his funeral. But look at that. Look at the way God's love worked there. The, the men's group with Jonathan organizing all that. Me being there up and down. I phoned Carl to tell her my dad's here. All these things happening. And then just taking him out over there. Two minutes later, pastor calls me over. Your dad just got saved. I hugged my dad. Went back to playing volleyball. He got into the car. Never seen him again. Yes, no. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, he's in heaven. He's in heaven. So God, so far, I'm going to play a sweet clip. You are awesome. You know how awesome you are. I wish I had the mirrors here. I really do. And I want to just thank while I'm here and understand this statement, folks. To be great in God's kingdom, 
your servant of all, Christ came, laid down his crown, the Son of God, and served the ultimate service. We need your help in this church, and I know a lot of you serve, and a lot of people are doubling up and tripling up on doing umpteen things, but we have to be wise in it too. So we could really do, see today, I just got an excitement in my heart when I came. We were here, wow, the Savages, sorry, Carl Charles, because Molly went into, into school and said Savage with a U instead of V, but just sounds so good. Um, we were here this morning at 20, half past eight, 25 to nine. And that's not for anything, but isn't God just so good? And Tash is here, and Kai was here, and the kids were here, and everybody started coming in. And that's not a condemnation about you all, because it always works out. Everything works out. But we really can have to be careful of burnout here, where people don't get an opportunity, maybe at least once a month, to sit down with their family, enjoy the word, and soak in his presence, and soak in his love. And the more people we have, the more the rotas expand, and the more the rotas get bigger, then it happens then that everybody would probably only be on once a month. So please, 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 I know we need stewards. God knows we need stewards. God knows that you're about to volunteer as a steward because you call those things which are not as if they are. And I receive you as a steward in the steward team. It's really easy, this whole package, isn't it? So please, if there's anything that you can do, and there's Carl with the, the tick on the watch, a faithful woman. I'm gonna play a sweet clip. You be blessed, have a brilliant day. And if anybody's not saved or anybody doesn't know, my God, my Father, my Jesus, my Lord, come and see us because he wants you more than you want him, and he's wanted you from the beginning on the earth. Thank you, Lord. Ryan. This is Derek Prince with a word for you from the Word. Morning by morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. Morning by morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. How do you begin each day? Does your day begin with a scramble, with a flurry, with trying to do three different things at the same time? Do you find yourself often short of breath, short of temper, angry with your wife or your husband, scolding the kids, unrestful, anxious, perplexed? You go out into the day unprepared, ill-armed, not altogether confident of what lies ahead of you. The reason is you didn't begin the day right. Take a lesson from David. He says to the Lord, morning by morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. The first thing David did each morning was to lift his voice to the Lord. He goes on to say, morning by morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. That's the wise way to begin the day. Lift your voice to God in prayer. Lay your requests before Him. Set out before Him the things you're going to have to do that day. Commit to Him the problems, the difficulties you anticipate. And then, like David, you'll be able to wait in expectation. You won't be worried, fearful. You'll be expecting the answer to those prayers that you committed to God in the morning. Remember that's the secret. Begin each day by letting God hear your voice.
thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.